Hello? Hello? Oh, can you let me do my intro first? Sorry. Sure, no, go for it. Uh, so, welcome back to the Minion Podcast. This is episode 7. Today I have, um, I'm going to try to, so my Javarda, is that your, how you pronounce your name? Well, that's how uh, my name, I have Maija, it's Maya Varda, but everybody calls me Maija, hence sort of the nickname that transitioned into my real name. See, I I did not know that at all, so. Yeah, um... well, I mean, a lot of people don't, I mean, but it's, I don't literally respond to Maija, my mom will, has, even calls me that, so it's sort of a nickname just because that's how my name is spelled. Because my mom is Finnish, and it's a Finnish spelling. Okay, yeah, I was wondering I was wondering about that. Um, so you you were the site manager for Twinkie Town for how long? Um, about three years. Almost three years. Like, it's like two years and ten months. Yeah, you took over from Jesse Lund, and now... Uh... TJ Gorsigner, who has been on like three episodes of this, uh, <laughs> is taking over Mew, and I think he's doing a pretty great job. Yep, uh, I thought TJ was always very, um, very proactive, always really into it. So I was happy that he wanted to take over the job, which is a very hard one. And I think he's been doing well now, you know too but honestly i haven't been able to keep up as much since i mean that's one of the reasons why i'm not doing it anymore because i just don't have as much time yeah it's kind of a time-consuming thing like even i who i don't have a very commanding role at all and sometimes like i feel like i need to be writing something because i haven't written an article in like two months or whatever but (laughs) oh well that's okay it's a um, good thing to do when you want to. I mean, I kind of, I want to write stuff, but then it's like, oh, yeah, I don't have any time. That's why I stepped down. <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of hard to, like, balance stuff and, like, stuff that you're doing for fun just like this. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, it's, just supposed to be like a side thing but it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to do a side thing when you have like an actual job or school or whatever right it i mean it is but then i mean it kind of comes full circle because that's kind of why i love baseball so much because it was sort of like my you know thing to get away from it all because it's like you kind of have a structured time when you watch it and and you do you know that kind yes. of stuff but when so it's a very interesting dynamic when it sort of becomes your job because then it's like you I mean it's fun at first but then after a while you come to dread the thing you love which is like sort of becomes a chore right which is sort of where like I'm trying to like not that I ever disloved baseball or the twins or anything but it was sort of like I had this like sort of anxiety about it because I had been, you know, like covering, you know, had all these issues. So I'm, st- I'm still sort of like 
I mean, I don't know. I I love baseball so much, but it's like I'm still sort of like learning to like love it as just a fan, mostly again, and not someone who's like thinking like, oh, like what kind of content can I get out of this, or how can I analyze this, you know, and just watching it and enjoying it. So I'm enjoying that part of it, I suppose. Although not quite as much because I don't have as much time to watch the twins as, anymore, but I still do keep up with them. So, yeah, and the yeah. So I wanted to actually like get to like our actual topics yes. that we were going to cover because um, this is not. I mean, it's an interesting conversation, but it's not uh, what we were originally going to talk about. Uh, I wanted to start out by. The Twins are 49 games into their season, and they are eight games ahead of Cleveland. Right. And that is really good. Um, I agree. And honestly, I'm not surprised. Um, I've been kind of waiting. I thought the Cleveland downfall was going to come more last season but then there were so many injuries and stuff that happened to the twins that they just couldn't even really muster anything against them I mean we didn't even have Byron Buxton for most of the year and like that kind of stuff is going to hurt you when it's like one of your major players I mean we didn't have you know McGuall Snow for a lot of time you know and a lot of those people so um so I'm not actually that surprised that the Twins are doing well because this is what I thought was going to happen last year. But now that, like, we're healthy and they've, they've brought in good players. I, mean, I I think also there was a problem with the players they brought in last year, like, you know, like Logan Morrison and um, Lance Lynn, who didn't really work out. Um, but... And they kind of stayed away from doing that this year. And I remember listening to another podcast where I think they said that they learned from that, that it wasn't a really good way to build like club energy to bring in these like players late who are on sort of mercenary contracts for like one year where they were just kind of, you know, more playing for themselves than for the team. Because they wanted to get a good, you know, a better contract for the next year. So, I don't know. I think they did a good approach over the offseason. And they're in a good place. And I'm not that surprised that they're beating Cleveland that much. Because Cleveland is just going downhill. I'm just waiting for someone to say something like, somebody on Facebook to say something like, uh, oh, see what happens now that they don't have Joe Maurer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like. That was actually one of the topics that I had um, here was like, is this all, you know, Joe Mark? Because I have seen that. And I don't think it has really much of anything to do with Joe I don't Mark think there's any time. correlation. Yeah. People love to, you know, to jump onto that bandwagon. But, I mean, really... I mean, Joe Maurer was, a, you know, a very good player. He was very well respected. I think a lot of it, to me, I mean, well, has to do with the fact that the players are healthy. That helps. But also, I think that Rocco Bedelli is a much better choice for this group of, you know, this young group of players than 
Paul Mulder was. And it's not that I hate Paul Mulder or anything, but I never wanted him from the beginning. One of the reasons I wanted Doug Mankiewicz over him was because Doug Mankiewicz was younger and they, and like a lot of the young players already had a relationship with him and they responded to him. And he was just more, you know, in touch with that group of players. So I don't think that Paul Mulder was necessarily like terrible choice or bad choice, but I don't think he was the right choice for that group of players. See, I was really disappointed when uh, Paul Mulder was uh, let go or fired, Mm -hmm. I guess. But that's because that might be because my dad is from Milwaukee. And so he grew up, Paul Molitor was one of his favorite players. Yeah. And then he, like, just the connect, like, he was from Minnesota. Like, I wanted, like, I had that, like, a family sort of connection to, like, my dad really liked Paul Molitor. And then he was also from Minnesota. So I wanted him to succeed in that, in the, with the twins, because Mm -hmm. it was, like, hometown person or whatever. But I guess my, I was kind of wearing, like, I guess they say, like, rose-colored glasses or whatever that saying Well, is. I mean, I wasn't, like, I didn't think that Paul Mulder was ever the most terrible choice. I just thought that for this group of, like, players, like, I just didn't think he was the right choice. And I think he was picked for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned that people trusted him, that he's from here, and that he's a Hall of Famer. He's extremely smart about baseball, and he knows lots of things. He's taught lots of things to players, but just, like, I think more in the sense of, like, getting, you know, like, sort of the new sort of era of the game where there's all of this, you know, information, you know, that's, like, technically drawn and how you tell the players that, I just feel like he wasn't best equipped to do that. And then on another level, he wasn't maybe best equipped to sort of create that clubhouse energy for a bunch of guys who are like in their, you know, early 20s. So it was kind of, I mean, not that he was the worst, because there certainly would have been worse, you know, picks and and he and I think he did do a good job for men you know several I mean he was manager of the year um but but I just I just felt like for this like group coming up that he wasn't quite the best fit and you you talk about like understanding the new era of the game and stuff and like having the like people a lot of the managers are old so they don't really get um we i was watching the game with my parents and today and Corey provost was talking about how uh several people want like the shift to be banned and uh my mom was like why would they ban the shift yeah and i was like well uh a lot of the old baseball talking heads don't like it because it disadvantages hitters or whatever (laughs) well thank Um, god for your mom because she has some sense i mean the shift is something that's always been there to some extent it's just that 
now that they have more, you know, information on individual players, they can like individualize shifts. And that's where it gets really extreme where you have like everybody on one side of the field because they have information that says like, he, you know, this guy never hits to left field. So we're all going to go on right, you know? Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's and, always been part sorry, of the yeah. game, just not to the extremes that it is now. Actually, the first episode of this was with uh, Briz, Andrew Brizgorny, and, uh-huh. and we talked for the whole time about uh, why the shift shouldn't be banned. And I think he was a great person to talk to about that because he does a lot of that analytics stuff. Oh, yeah. And... He does a ton of – he does all of the analytics for the inside edge, yeah. which was – I was. I remember going to see um, uh, Moneyball, the movie, and they like talk about that because it was part of the analytics that they use, and they're like based in Bloomington, Minnesota. I watched the movie and also read the book and did a book report on it. So, oh, I, nice. I know. I know all about that. Um, I read the book like quickly before I went and saw. Them. I mean, I always knew what the book was, but. It's like, oh, I should actually read this before I go see a movie. So I like read it the day before. It's like, okay. See, I, I watched the movie and then I read the book, which uh, is a weird like. How do you think that changed your perspective on it? Um, I mean, it's I'm a very auditory person, so like when I hear things, then they stick with me more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just like I felt like i understood the movie more than the book actually um like i i it was easier for me to like get to what they were trying to say and stuff in the movie and it was really funny because i watched it with my mom and uh she like isn't like she loves baseball but she doesn't uh follow it to that extent she doesn't like she's not like analytics and then i was like bringing up like oh there's this this person did this and stuff and she was like how do you know all this stuff <laughs> and um sorry, I messed, something so, something happened no. uh, the, I, I kicked over a lamp on accident that's not great um, that's okay but but um the uh Sorry. I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just remember I went to see Moneyball with my mom and dad. Um, It was like way after it had come out because we went to one of those theaters that's like cheaper because the movie has already been out for a long time. And I remember when the ending was the best part when the twins beat the the athletics, the whole theater. I mean, because this was in Minneapolis, the whole theater was just cheering. I was like, yeah. Is is cheering during movies a completely Minnesotan thing? Because I feel like it is. Um, I have never heard cheering like that in a movie. I mean, I've sort of, like, heard, like, people being, like, for a couple seconds being, like, woo, you know, like, when, 
know, I can't give any Avengers spoilers. But people get excited about that kind of stuff. But, like, in that movie, it was literally, like, an extended, like, applause. Yeah, because the twins were the guys that ended up beating the athletics. uh, The team that ended up beating the athletics, if I remember correctly. Was that, like, based on real life, or did they just put that in there for the movie? Like, I can't remember. No, no, that was literally real life. It was A.J. Brzezinski. And oh yeah, that was two thousand three. It was no, it was, was the it was the last time the twins have won a playoff series, and it was in two thousand two. Um, I remember I being there, which well, not being at when they won it because it was in Oakland, but I remember being at the ACLS. Or no, at the ADLS games in Minnesota. And then I remember being at the ACLS games in Minnesota as well. But then we didn't win against the stupid Angels and the Rally Monkey who went on to win the World Series somehow. I actually used to own a Twins Rally Monkey. Uh, that? Which is I, great. What? You owned a Twins Rally Monkey? I think I still have it. That's the um, most blasphemous thing I've ever heard. It's so... You like, should burn it and videotape <laughs> you burning it. That is horrible. That's probably why we're all cursed. It's it's all my fault because I ordered did you, did you know that the Rally Monkey was literally a thing that came in the 2002 playoffs for the Angels who beat us in the... You know, in the champion, you know, the AL championship series, their stupid rally monkey, and that's why uh, the rally monkey became a thing. So that's why I thought I, think that's I thought you us. confirmed that we're cursed because we don't we didn't lift the dollar dog limit. Well, that's either. just that's a specific thing against the Yankees, and they still lost the series at Yankee Stadium. Um, I don't know how they did that because all of the Yankees are like dead i don't so i don't get why we still lost them i mean what i don't i think that's just like an ongoing thing and i don't know i always believe though because everyone is saying now because like the top fan graphs predictions are is that we're like gonna win the central and the yankees are gonna win the east i don't know if we that matches up for us to play each other yet or because you know it all changes but god that would suck um but i think we can beat them although i think that every time i think this is going to be the time like there is no curse we're going to beat them but then they still beat us uh the wild card game two years ago i was on board when dozier hit the uh oh i know I was like, oh, yeah, this is happening. And then it quickly went downhill. And then I spent, like, the you know, because my boyfriend Greg is a Yankees fan. He's not annoying about it. And he actually felt kind of bad. But I just felt like the rest of the night in the other room, like, crying. Because I was like, we're never going to win again. <laughs> um, Greg is, I mean, I've interacted with Greg on Twitter quite a bit. And, and he used to write for SB Nation, uh, Pinstripe Alley. He's actually um, retiring, like, I think his last article is going to be next week. 
Oh, I had no idea about that. Yeah, he just doesn't have the time or energy. But no, but yeah, the thing the thing about Greg is he's not like one of those uh, twenty-seven rings, baby. Oh yeah, like the no, his whole steez and why Pinstripe Alley hired him is because he loves to complain about Yankees fans. And that's like his whole brand on there is that he complains about how awful they are all the time and people hate him. <laughs> but then he was funny. It was funny because he was like, I did my last link dump and he like wrote in it and was like, this is my last one. He used to do link dumps four days a week for like years. Jeez. I know. And, um, that's... and he wrote that this is, and like, and he was like, I'm so surprised because there were so many people in the comments that were like, Wait, you're you're so funny. Why are you leaving? And he was like, "What? I thought you all hated me because I hated all of you." <laughs> but yeah, guess that's it's a New York thing, I guess. So I remember I, I used to there was a Yankees fan that followed me on Twitter, and he would like uh say. He was like one of those like twenty seven rings baby oh, yeah. guys, and like the the Twins were beating the Yankees pretty badly, and then and then you said something, and then and then I said something, you, and then and then he blocked me, and then they oh, came back, and then the Yankees came back and won, and then he unblocked me, like said something mean, and then blocked me again. Yeah, it was it was. Yeah. This, I have a lot of Yankees followers, I mean, Yankees followers and friends or whatever on Twitter, usually, like, the good ones. I have a couple who are, like, not so good, but, like, not to the point where I think they would do that. But it's it's sort of, they run the gamut, and, like, I feel like, um, because I did live in New York for, like, four years, I have a lot of friends who are Yankees fans, or, you know, Yankees fans. So, right. but they're usually like, you know, better ones. Like, because if someone was really obnoxious about it, I wouldn't be their friend. But there but actually like... are, there's just, the thing is about Yankees fans is that there just are a lot of Yankees fans in general. So there's a lot of, you know, butthole fans. And then there's a lot of good fans who are like really not, you know, because. Like, you know, the Yankees have a lot of history and are really knowledgeable about baseball and they love it. So they're actually pretty enjoyable to talk to. Yeah, right. But then I just I just thought it was really funny, like someone blocking you and then like when you are wrong about something, unblocking you to no, make fun yeah. of you about it and then blocking you again. Yeah, no, that's that just... sounds like that sounds Okay. Yeah, so... Let's not talk about the Yankees anymore. I don't like that subject. Yeah, it, sorry, we had a little bit of an issue, but we're back now. So, I, so instead of talking about the Yankees, like, um, let's talk about the Twins and their strong start. Do you think that they'll be able to? Is this like the real Twins? Is this going to keep going, or do you think that like this is a mirage and they're going to? part and it's going to be the same thing i mean they're 40 they're they're like 50 games in and they're uh they're i mean they're 
oh, they're they've won two out of every three of their games, like percentage wise. More than that, actually, at this point, that is not sustainable. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I think that they're, go- they're going to. I mean, I, I think that they're they probably will win the division at this point, but I think. The thing about that, though, really, is that they're obviously, at this point, I feel like going to win the division because there's no one who's even putting up a fight. Yeah, but I'm... There's no one who's even else who's good in the division. It's like, I guess the question now is more like, are they going to be able to actually compete against... I mean, I guess... It can always happen that they have a downward slide. Because I know that, like, early in the season, they were comparing the season to 2001, which I am old and still remember. And they started off really good in 2001, and they were, like, winning the division. And then in the back half of the season, they really, like, didn't do so well. And they ended up just barely losing out the division to... Cleveland. This is going to make you feel even more old, but I think the first year that I remember um, Twins baseball, like, my first Twins memory was being there when they, I mean, I'm sure I have Twins memories before this, but this is, like, the first one that, like, actually stick with me. 2006 when they won the division and everyone was watching the uh, Mm -hmm. game on the big screen. I was there for that. Yeah, I was there for that. Oh, my mom was there. And I remember she called me. Oh, because I was in New York. And she, like, called me, like, for a second. It was, like, when they figured out, that, you know, when they saw the end of the Kansas City game in the White Sox. And they knew that they won. She called me, and it was, like, for a second. But I couldn't hear anything because it was, like, the Metro was so loud. And then it, the call just dropped. And I was, like, Yeah. I remember I was, like, screaming and running around in my dorm room, and no one understood. <laughs> can we talk Can we talk about the Metrodome for a little bit? I, sure, I'm, if you I'm, want. I'm all for that. Um, it was one lot. of the things that I remember, like, I love Target Field. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's better, it's, we probably agree, it's better than the Metrodome, like, as a stadium. Like. Yeah, I mean... It depends on what your definition is. But, yes, there's many aspects of Target Field that are better than the Metro. But, like, in terms of history, the Metrodome is, like, way... I mean, the the Target Field's only been around for 10 years. Right. I don't feel like yesterday when it opened. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually there. Remember when there was like an exhibition game against the Cardinals? Yep, I was at both of those. There was two. I I was at the first one. Yeah, when when do you remember when Jock Jones came up to bat and he couldn't believe that everyone was standing up and cheering for him and he was like I thought he looked like he was going to cry. Jock Jones, that's a name I haven't heard in a really long time. Oh. Uh, he hasn't, he's been in some trouble lately, so that, yeah. that you didn't hear that. I mean, he was my one of my favorites. I was, what I tell people is because I've never, 
I mean, I like Tori Hunter, but like I'm not. I was never really a huge Tori Hunter fan. What I always told people is like I was more of a Jack Jones person. Of course, now Jack Jones has had gotten a little bit of trouble, so I'm like, ah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, but um, like Tori Hunter is always the the one player that like sticks out to me like when I was a little kid like he was robbing home runs like left and right and then he came back years ago and then retired and right that that was sad I like I like that he came back and I was happy when he came back even though I had I mean maybe like I mean I was mostly happy a little bit of mixed feelings just because he has some strange like outspoken opinions about things but um otherwise i mean and i think he did you know he's, I mean, and I he's a good and I con- you know contribution yeah. to the uh the organization i don't want to excuse that but i'm just saying like i don't think there's anyone in the world who is does not have like completely correct opinions right well exactly i mean I mean, I'm not going to judge anyone who likes Tory Hunter. My favorite player is Kurt Puckett. <laughs> yeah. And that's a whole can of worms right there. So it's just, it's it's really hard to uh, to go into those things. But, um, yeah, my favorite twin of all time is Joe Maurer. And if, I, if we ever find out anything unsavory about Joe Maurer. Well, there's uh, nothing unsavory about Joe Maurer. <laughs> He one time punched through a window to like get to his brother because he was so mad. That's the worst thing I've ever heard about John. I kicked over a le- I kicked over the lamp. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. But... Was a good lamp. I'm gonna stay up for a little bit. Maybe watch the end of the Bucks game. Don't break the lamp anymore. Yeah, I won't. What are you talking about? I'm doing the podcast. Oh, okay, sorry. No, I, I'm glad you came in and fixed that because that would have been really bad. Oh. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, I'll have to edit that, but it, um, <laughs> you you the, should keep a little bit part of that in there because I think it would be fun. <laughs> the, um, the, so like yeah. a little bit of like, oh, I kicked over the lamp, then like, like <laughs> the explanation. <laughs> um, I yeah, my favorite twin ever is Joe Maurer, and I right. there's nothing, nothing that it can be. Joe Maurer. No, because I don't think Joe Maurer would ever do anything that would, you know. Um, but you can talk bad. I mean, because there's just like been nothing. It's sort of. I mean, he's even more clean than J- Derek Jeter these days, which is hilarious. Yeah, Derek Jeter. I don't know. Like, I can't remember. Um. I just don't have a great, like, I don't have a very high opinion of Derek Jeter, and I don't know why. Well, no, neither do I. See, this is the thing, is, well, I mean, 
Derek Jeter is like he's Derek Jeter, but like he's always been overrated, even though he is clearly a Hall of Fame player. But he's been overrated because people are like, "Oh, he's the best player ever." No, he's not. And they're like, and people would be saying that, and I remember yelling at him when I had like Twins tickets that you know at in the Metrodome because they're cheap as heck. Like right, and you could hear people yelling at you because I was like four seats in because they're twenty dollars because the Metrodome was like that because it was, I don't, it was a beautiful place, but, um. I would, you know, yell at him, you're not even the best shortstop on his team, which he wasn't because Alex Rodriguez was, you know, Alex Rodriguez Rodriguez had to move to third base for Derek Jeter, even though Alex Rodriguez was clearly the better shortstop. It was just sort of I had no idea that Alex Rodriguez was a shortstop. I mean, you're so cute, Hayden. Because he'd always been, like, because Derek Jeter was the shortstop. And Alex Rodriguez was a third baseman. No, Alex Rodriguez was a shortstop all the way until he was traded to the to the Yankees. But then they had to move him to third base because they had Derek Jeter as shortstop. Um, that's and but but Alex Rodriguez was a better shortstop than Derek Jeter, and he's a better hitter yeah, than Derek Jeter. I mean, I always think because like my um. I always think of it like the jump throw, you know, mm-hmm. like that's like the one really big highlight that he's been, he, that he's known for. And like, I had like my, I, in a game, um, in one of my games a couple weeks ago, one of my teammates made a, he, one of our shortstop made like a really great play, like a diving catch or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, Wow, we got Derek Jeter over here because Derek Jeter is who I think of when I think of like great shortstops. Right. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if that's just me. Well, it's because you're younger. Like, because Alex Rodriguez, he like debuted when he was like 18 years old, you know, in the 90s. And it, he was awesome. He was the one who got the, you know, the, at the time, like that major, major contract from the Rangers who clearly could not afford it and so they had to like basically their only choice was to trade them to the Yankees because they're the only ones who could pay that contract but you know he kind of fit there because he was you know I mean he's one of the you know best players at the time I remember when I was younger like talking to mom with when Barry Bonds got into started, you know, getting into this whole ordeal about, um, you know, the the performance enhancing drugs. Um, like my mom and I were like, it's okay because Alex Rodriguez is clearly going going to pass his record anyway, <laughs> which is pretty funny <laughs> to think about, you know, in retrospect. Which he, I mean, he probably. I mean, you never, you like, you don't know this stuff at the time. Right. No. But, I mean, I still think that Barry Bonds is probably, you know, the Yeah, Barry Bonds is ever. I mean, even, even with the Peds, I mean, because a lot of people, like, think that that's, like, that's the only reason he's good. It's like, no, everybody was on those. 
he was just way beyond every other player. It yeah. wasn't because a lot of baseball isn't, but like how you approach it, how you, you know, how you see the baseball, it's not even necessarily your physical strength. So, I mean, would he even hit as many, you know, I don't know, no one knows, but like he was clearly. I mean, he was a Hall of Fame player before he even started taking, you know, um, steroids in the late 90s. So, mm-hmm. anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But, to get and, back to the Twins, I did yeah. have a question. Oh, uh, wait. So, what I wanted to bring up was on this last uh, tour of duty, they brought Tony O along, which... Mm, I was very surprised to see. My mom even was like pissed me about this. She's like, "Oh, Tony O is with the Twins. He's in the dugout." I don't even know the rules of like how that works. Like you just because I feel like there's rules about like how many coaches you can have in the dugout. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I was just assuming. Like, do you watch the NBA at all? I not that much. So. Um, the Toronto Raptors, uh, like, dr- you're familiar. You're familiar with Drake, the rapper, right? He'll just like be on the court during the game. Well, I mean, like, in, so I'm yeah, just... I know they have like they have like courtside seats, so you're like no, but way he's like closer. on the court, like right. He'll be like right. roaming the sideline, right? Exactly. That's what courtside seats are, and they're like super close, and they don't have those exactly in baseball because it, that because yeah. of the dangerous nature of balls hitting people the heads they have to have like the nets and people put out in sections because otherwise they'd get a million lawsuits but no um, yeah but I, I was just wondering like if it's kind of the same thing, like he's like a special guest, so he gets to be down there or whatever. Well, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what it is because, like, sitting in the actual dugout, I mean, in baseball is a little bit different than sitting like courtside mm. in NBA, and so, like, because what I was always under the impression that they could only have a certain number of coaches with them, in you know, in the dugout. So I was kind of confused about, like, I mean, I don't know if maybe, like, one of, like, their bench coaches or assisting coaches, like, couldn't come, you know, so he was able to take their place. I don't know how that worked, but I think it worked well because they showed, I mean, it sounds like from what I've read, he was really excited about doing it, and, um, I mean, and it sounds like the players, you know, it's nice to have, because like, we have so many Latin players or Latin American players who are in there. So it's like having someone like that there. I feel like, and I and I know that Rocco Bedelli was actually the one who invited him to do that. So I feel like that was a good idea. I don't know the like total logistics of how they actually got to do that. I don't know if the logistics were just like, yeah, we will let. You know, like, M- like they ask MLB, and they're like, "Sure, Tony L can do whatever he wants, <laughs> you know, or whatever." But 
I think it worked out well. I think we should just take him on. Um, yeah, it was a sweet. Every road trip throw. for the rest of the year. <laughs> or and just let him be in the dugout because right. they they've won every game with a minute. So, yep, it works. Um, the the other thing is like. I remember, like, I went to a Twins game a few years ago, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, I was just kind of, like, walking in the concourse or, or, like, in the concourse with my parents or whatever, and Tony Oliva, like, smiled at me, and I was like, holy crap, that was Tony Oliva, and then I was, like, I didn't know why he was just standing there. Oh, yeah, guess... no, because he's probably, he stands by side. He's, like, the nicest person ever. Out of any Twins player, I've run into him the most. He's just the nicest person. Also, there was like a... Um, do you, are you familiar with the Miracle League? Yeah. Uh, when I was a little kid, before I started playing like wheelchair sports, I played with the Miracle League. Mm-hmm. And um, we did like this thing at the Metrodome. And Tony Oliva and Herman Killebrew were there. And it was like... Yeah. I... <laughs> Like, I, I think knew I was were. actually at the dinner. Um, yeah, and I was, like, really, I was really happy because, like, six-year-old me was on the Jumbotron or whatever, and it was, it was um, just, like, a really, it was really fun just to have that happen because, like, you have, like, twins greats, mm-hmm. and then you're just Great. kind of there on the field. And... Oh. Well, you deserve it. And I literally went to one of those dinners once. I can't remember the exact year. I think it was. It was in the 2000s, but it was like, and then we had like a dinner on the Metrodome floor. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. And I remember that that was when I met Harmony Killebrew because, you know, we'd like come there and we like donated and bought a table. For there and, and met, you know, I've met, met, you know, uh, Tony Oliva all the time because he's always, <laughs> I mean, I don't there. even know how many times I've seen him because I'm just like, hey, Tony, and he's like, hey, because he's just always around the ball club and he's usually, you know, because he does the Spanish language. I was just going to say, doesn't he do like the Spanish broadcasts? Yep. So he's oh, there man. most of the time, and then like during batting practice, he'll be down there because he used to be the you know the batting coach for the team. So that's yeah. why I felt like it was weird. It's like they just get to bring him along, like former batting, like an extra batting coach. But it's like maybe people just are like, yeah, Tony Leva gets to do whatever he wants. Yeah, he's been around for a while. He just gets to be wherever he wants at any time. But yeah, I like the support for the uh, for the uh, the special league and stuff like that. No, I remember that. And that's weird. Yeah. I wonder if like, you were there. Wait, when? It was like, like when do you think it was? Because the that like 2007 or 2008. I that seems right. I think I might have been there. Yeah. Um, but that was that was just really, and then like, of course I, 
I've actually gotten to go onto the field a couple times because uh, with several years later with the uh, junior rolling twins, uh, the um, PA announcer like said my name and I was like, "Oh, like oh, this nice. is a real thing that's happening." Um, that's sweet. Because we last year like we won the championship and it, or two, um, I think it was two years ago we won the championship. It doesn't really feel like that long ago, but <laughs> the uh, the it was just like they went one by one and announced all of our names. It was like this is really cool because like not a lot of people get to do stuff like that. Right, that is cool. Congratulations. Thanks. And I'm thinking I'm gonna wrap this up because I'm getting tired and I want to go to bed. So. <laughs> Well, um, sounds like a good thing. I'll say. And I'll edit this together, and hopefully it'll sound coherent. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna throw in a couple, a couple sound bites here, and be like, "CJ Crone is out of control." Um, yeah. Miguel Snow is off to a great start. Love it. As far as baseball goes. Um, yeah. Byron Buxton is he the real deal I th- think so I mean just look at Aaron Hicks it took him a while to develop and he's a great player and I think Byron Buxton can be an even greater one um, I hope my, you're right those are my sound bites okay thank you get some rest um Rest in peace, lamp. Oh, that's that's not, <laughs> that's not a great thing to tell someone before they go to sleep. Well, like, whoa. the I mean, I thought the lamp died. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah. So I was just saying, rest in peace, lamp. Oh yeah, the lamp. No, that's <laughs> that was... what I said. Rest in peace, lamp. Not no, you. the lamp. The lamp is fine. The lamp is fixed. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just saying rest in peace, lamp, because I, I thought no you were telling me to rest in peace, and I was really confused. Lamp, whenever, whenever Gregor and I say lamp, we always say ants, because there was like this promo for Ant Man, like way back in the day, where they, where it's just like Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas, and they're just like going ants, ants, ants. <laughs> so whenever we're like. Lamp. <laughs> or anything that rhymes with ants, they do that, and it's sort of stupid. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really. We have a very interesting line. Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm glad that I can like <laughs> like under like be a part of it in like a very small capacity. <laughs> both of you guys are very good people i think oh you're a great person and i like and i like the fact that like one of the last things i did in my capacity was make sure i took you in because took you know like to contribute to Twinkie town even though i know you can't always do it on a consistent basis like i wanted you and I'm gonna try to start doing it on a more consistent basis because i'm because i'm on summer break at this point mm-hmm. but um School was obviously the priority, and it should. Uh, That's you know, and it should be, and I expected that, but I just wanted 
I wanted to be able to like bring you in and be like, okay, so he's a contributor now. <laughs> and get you like, and so then it was like, we can get used to like how the editor and stuff and things work. Yeah, and the, the uh, new editor is really, really nice. Oh, it's so much better than the old one. I mean, it sucked, like, at first when we had to transition to it because it wasn't... It took a long time to, like, work the bugs out of it and, like, get used to it, but it is much nicer. And I wish that they would put that in for, like, fan posts. I think they only do it because, like, special treatment for the people that are actually on the staff. That's Which is stupid because if their whole thing is like, we want this to be fan community, then they should give it. You know, I think the only reason that they don't give it is just because um, they just don't have they don't think they have the they like I just think SB Nation isn't the most well-run company. I will say, I'll put it at that. I mean, I might have to, like, I you're not working for them any te- technically anymore. Technically, so. I was never working for them, which is the problem. Yeah, and so I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah. I, uh... All right. Good night. Cool. Good uh, night. Thanks Have a for... good rest. Um, good luck in school. And I would love to be on again if you need me. And uh, all right. All right. That was okay. episode seven. And uh, episode eight will be coming at some point in the undetermined future, hopefully next week. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Bye.